Hey, hey, it's episode 78 of Monster Kid Radio, the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm your host, Eric M. Cook. I want to welcome you to the show, and I hope you're enjoying the music that opened this episode of Monster Kid Radio. It's the song Santa Cruz Stomp by the band The Beloved Invaders. It appears on their album Tamarindo. Find out more about them over at TheBelovedInvaders.com. This song also appears in the upcoming movie The Cosmic Creature, which is going to be a loose remake, a film inspired by the 1967 John Agar not-so-classic Night Fright. And I don't want to sound dismissive. I actually really enjoy Night Fright kind of hard not to like something that John Agar's involved in, but it's a fun movie. I dig it, and I dig what Dennis Vincent's doing. Dennis Vincent is making the movie The Cosmic Creature. Now, this is an up-to-date retelling of this story. Yeah, we even have the main character, Sheriff Clint Crawford, saving the day, or at least I hope he saves the day, because I've seen a picture of the bust of what the monster's going to look like, and that's kind of terrifying. In fact, if you go back to the episode that came out a couple of days ago and check out the episode art, that cover image, that's the bust. That was designed by Dennis Vincent himself. It was used as that episode image with Dennis Vincent's permission. Also, the logo for the cosmic creature that you see on this episode of Monster Kid Radio, that was also designed by Vincent, and that also appears with his permission. So big thanks to Dennis for allowing us to do that and for appearing on the show to tell us all about what he's got in mind for The Cosmic Creature. Now, he's filmed about 10 minutes of the movie, and later this year, he's going to be shooting the rest of it throughout Colorado. I hope that by the time the interview is over, you're as excited about this movie as I am. I'm pulling for him. I can't wait to see the finished product. It sounds cool. It looks cool. I've seen stills of some of the scenes and makeup over at the Cosmic Creature's website, which is at facebook.com slash the Cosmic Creature. Of course, you can find that in the links to the show notes at monsterkidradio.net, where you'll also find everything else you need to know about Monster Kid Radio, the YouTube channel, the Flickr album, the Live 365, everything that you need including our contact information, like our email address, monsterkidradio at gmail.com, or our voicemail line, which is 503-479-5657. That's 503-479-5MKR. If you click on where it says bands and songs across the top of the Monster Kid Radio website, you'll find a listing of every band and every song that's appeared here on Monster Kid Radio. I'm proud to say that they've all appeared on the show with their permission, so if you are looking for some new surf music, click on the links, buy the albums, tell them Monster Kid Radio sent you. And hey, if you buy the album Tamarindo by the Beloved Invaders, you're actually going to have some of the soundtrack for The Cosmic Creature, which I want to talk about some more with Dennis Vincent. So why don't we go ahead and get to that in a second. Stick around, because after the chat, I'm going to go ahead and announce the winner of the Argo Man, the Fantastic Superman DVD, provided by Dorado Films. And we'll talk about some more business as well. So let's get to part two of our chat with Dennis Vincent about the cosmic creature right after this. Hello, Christopher. What insanity are you up to today? Oh, hey, Lydia. I'm downloading some movies. What? (laughs) People are always telling me that's illegal. Uh Uh-uh, not these. They're all public domain. Oh, look, Rescue from Gilligan's Island. Let me see what you're doing. Oh, you're at archive.org. Well, they have thousands of films, TV shows, commercials, radio shows, and books available. Yeah, but there are so many. I wish there was a podcast or something that would discuss these things. You know, give us an idea of what's worth the time. Um, Christopher, there is. We do one. <laughs> oh, that's right. We host Orphan Entertainment. Once a month, we pick something from archive.org and review and discuss it. 
That sure is nice of us. <laughs> sure. Well, why don't you click over to orphan-entertainment.johnja.net and remind yourself a little more about the show. <laughs> Will do. So let's see. That's orphan-entertainment.johnja.net. Hey, can we review the Gilligan's Island movie sometime? Mm-hmm. We'll see, Christopher. We'll see. Well, here's the plan. What I've done is I've shot most of the interiors. About 85% of this film to 90% of this film takes place outside. And mostly in the park, as if you've seen the movie, because I think it's at a lake. And uh, the other one's in, I think, a park. So that's what we have. We're going to shoot it all here in Colorado. And we're shooting it in Salida. And the other town is uh, Longmont. And there's a few other various locations that we're getting. Some of them have to be on private property. Because if I'm building this, this crashed rocket ship, you can't do that on, on public property. People are going to come by and damage it. So we have to do this on, sure. on private land. So, so some of it has, has done there. But it's supposed to take place pretty much around Halloween or around that time period. So I'll probably be shooting most of this during the summertime uh, around there. And the funny thing is that if you remember Halloween, Halloween was actually shot during the summer. People never really right. noticed that that's supposed to be the fall season, you know. So I figure if they can get away with it, I think I can get away with it too. You know? And since most of it's going to be at night, you're not really going to see the color of the trees anyway. So that's kind of the way we're going to go with it. So I'm picking up again in uh, late spring. What I'm going to do is shoot the first 10 minutes of the film. And uh, that will act as sort of my trailer to see if we can get some investors. And okay. uh, But right now I've, I've shot most of the interior uh, pieces that I have, and then we shot, uh, yeah, just the interior. That's all I've shot. So that's all I have online right now. If you look on that, most of that is just the interior. There might be a couple of uh, other things that I have to do. Like I will be shooting now uh, some of the uh, rocket ship going around the Earth, so i got to create that. And I'm getting, actually, I'm planning for this summer shoot. We're doing some outdoor shooting now. There's going to be a couple of other scenes that we're going to be doing. It. That's what I'm in the middle of doing, actually. I'm budgeting that. And that will be coming out of my own pocket, of course, which the rest of this has already, but I need to actually get more investors involved, and that's why I'm shooting. I figure if I can shoot the first 10 minutes, that'll already be in the can. Uh, I know some people like to okay. shoot like a trailer, so they show out, you know little scenes, outtakes from everything, but I don't think that's the right way to go because those are going to change anyway. So I'm going to just shoot the first 10 minutes, and, and it has a nice hook. It, it actually you know, pulls you right in. So you've actually gone into production on some of this? Oh, yeah. It already is, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's going to take probably, uh, we'll we'll shoot again. Starting in late spring here, we'll be shooting again. Gotcha. Okay. And then after that, I will uh, take the the rest of it, because it's going to probably take the summer to shoot it, to shoot everything. Uh, I take a lot of care in what I do. I started it with using, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with camera, we're shooting with a Canon 5D3. And I'm using some uh, Zeiss lenses, uh, which are prime lenses, and you know this is a really good quality. If you've seen the pictures on the on that Facebook page, you can tell that it's a really good quality. And those aren't even been those haven't even been uh, color corrected; just the way it is raw. So it's really a beautiful picture. So I, I take my time on making sure that the quality is there. So I'll probably take the rest of the summer to shoot just 10 minutes, and we can only do this on the weekend at this point because uh, the people that I have pretty much in this first part of this cast is going to be, uh, they won't be there for the following part of the film because these are just people that get killed <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. They won't be there. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so I figure once we get that done, um, I will have something that I can actually see if I can get some investors to get involved. So 
so that we can actually shoot this 17 days or 15 day shoot instead of just taking weekends to do it. It's really hard to do that. It takes forever to shoot a movie that way. But if I have to, I'll have to. I don't know what I'll get as far as, you know, investors or not. I'm not sure. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, it'll get finished because every project I do okay. and I say I'm going to finish it, I finish it. So <laughs> they, they've happened. They, they all happen. And uh, that's the way it was with uh, everything I've done. So I'll get it done. <laughs> you had mentioned that you have the monster cast as Jason Lechek. Did yeah. I say that correctly? Right. Yes. And, who else is in the cast? Do you have your Clint Crawford I cast do. already? I do. Actually, he's an acting teacher, and his name is uh, Patrick Sheridan. And uh, he is going to be Sheriff Clint Crawford. And then I have a new character that I have in this, and it's going to be a young kid. And he's he plays the son of Clint Crawford, and his name is Giacomo Wells. And uh, he's a talented kid. This kid does Shakespearean plays, and he's only 10 years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's only 10. He's now 11. So what we've done is that we know that he's going to age and kids' faces change very quickly in a couple of years or so. Sure. Uh, so what we've done is I've actually cast him in a makeup. So he's out on Halloween, and he's going about his day going trick-or-treating at night. That's all you see of him in the beginning of the movie. So when the movie actually gets shot for the rest of it, he'll probably be a little bit older, but you won't notice the difference because he's been wearing uh, a face mask or something. He that's, that's good thinking. Yeah. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was kind of going to happen, so I figured, well, that's the best thing to do. So that's that's how I wrote it in there, to do it that way. And so that's all I have cast right now because what I'd okay. like to do is cast people that can do this, you know, so they'll be paid actor. I mean, I have to pay them for this so, you know, I can get them to stay, you know, because it's really hard when you do independent things. You get people that don't show up. I mean, I work with a lot of independent filmmakers here in Denver, and I can't tell you how many times because, you know, they just do short subjects and small pieces, and sometimes the actors show up, sometimes they don't. (laughs) There's not much you can do about it, you know, but usually if you, you know, you hire someone, chances are they're going to show up. When you approach... Patrick Sheridan, did you have him watch the original, talk to him about John Agar, or just let him come in cold? He was somebody I actually had in mind. He was one of the people I had read the script. I gave it to several people, and uh, when he read the script, and he actually jumped at it. So, yeah, he thought he'd, he'd be perfect for it. And he was. Actually, he's just perfect for the part. He's actually the guy, if you actually look on Facebook, and you go, and there's a couple sitting on a bed uh, that scene is the scene in the morning where the news report is reporting, saying that they had found this crash rocket ship, and they're watching it for the first time. And he's—that's him. He's—that's Patrick Sheridan. And the girl that's next to him is the one that's playing his wife. Uh, her name is uh, Christine McQuillan. She's in the movie for a short time. I think she has maybe three scenes. Uh, that's about it. But she's not in. It. But Patrick's in it for all majority of the film. <laughs> Jordan film, as you know, as John Agar was in the original, too. Sure. Well, from your website, I see the pictures of the sculpt. I see that picture you're referring to. And then I saw something else. This movie appears to have two of my favorite other things, Uh theremin music and surf music. Absolutely. According to your Facebook page, it looks like you've got the beloved invaders providing some music. Yes. How did you connect with them? I was looking for a surf band because, for me, surf and monsters go together hand in hand. Right on. We opened every episode of Monster Kid Radio with a surf song. Uh-huh. Love it. Absolutely. So here in Colorado, I just thought, where am I going to find a surf band? You know, but, well, I'm going to try to keep it as much as homegrown as I can. So I looked and looked. It took me months. And then I 
just found it by accident. I was doing searching the web, you know, and finding things locally. They were playing at some club, and I listened to them play, and they were fantastic. So we use them for that's the scene that you can see the couple dancing. That's them playing in the background. So that music is going to be in there. Really good, actually. Everybody that was there at to for that uh, shoot really loved the music. And uh, I just think it's going to work perfect. And then the guy that I found, I, I found this guy by accident. He was actually doing a demonstration on the theremin. And I approached him and I said, would you want to do a monster movie? He was like, hell yeah. <laughs> he jumped right on board because he, he loves this stuff. And he actually collects a lot of instruments. He collects a lot of, not just the theremin, but he also does a lot of uh, strange synthesizers and vintage instruments. He, he collects a lot of that kind of thing. So he's going to kind of provide a lot of the soundtrack. Then I'm going to have the band actually. I'm just going to insert, you know, music, you know, from their collection into uh, into parts of the movie, and just go from there. Just see what happens. But again, that all gets done when the movie's all uh, in post. Sure. Do all that yeah. and figure all that out. But just having a theremin in this, it, you can't do this kind of monster movie right without a theremin. No. Yeah. Not at all. Now, the composer's name was Rick Reed yeah. that's doing the theremin work? Yeah, okay. and you can find him. So yeah. we'll make sure we get his name up there. So. Yeah, and you can find him again. I think their name, you can find him just at rickreed.com. You can find things that he does. There's samples of, of his music and his background and all that. And the other one is also uh, thebelovedinvaders.com. I'll make sure there's links in the show notes of these episodes so that everybody, you know, all the listeners can find these guys online and check out the music for themselves and let them know that Monster Kid Radio and Dennis Vincent sent you if you get in contact with them and try to buy their music. Okay. Definitely give them some support. Now, we've got surf music. We've got theremin music. These are very period-like elements for these monster movies. But the cosmic creature, is it? set in the 50s or 60s, or is it a contemporary modern film? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. You know, I would like to have done it as a period piece, but the cost of that is is just too much. So we're going to keep it modern day with elements of, you know, it's a spirit of the B picture, so it's going to be shot in the same spirit of that you know, time period. We're not going to change the lingo. I'm not going to use, you know, the way they <laughs> the way they talked with that the '60s jive. The way they talk, it's going to be all pretty sure. modern. But it's going to have the monster in it, and it's not a spoof. That's another thing I think is very important. This is not a spoof. It's not a comedy. It's going to be played straight. Yeah, and it probably still may have some comedic moments in it. You know, they're not purposely put in there, but it is not a spoof or anything like that. Uh, I'm trying to write this as uh, as though they would have done it back then. So that, that, that was important sure. to me to do that. I, no, I, I hear what you're saying regarding the temptation, I suppose, to make it kind of spoof-like. I think there's a couple of different ways you can go when you're remaking one of these older movies and that's or making a movie in that style. You can yeah. be true to the source material or you can kind of goof on it. I'm not saying one way is the better way to go. Right. But I'm encouraged to hear you say that you're going to kind of take this serious approach because that's what these movies did, yeah. despite the cheesy subject matter or whatever. They weren't trying to make a spoof of themselves. So I'm excited to to see your take on this classic B-movie-style monster movie. Yeah. I, and it kind of updated a little bit. I mean, I see so many people that do these movies, but they mock them in some way or another. And I talk to fans about this, and they say, you know what? We'd like to see a movie where they didn't do that. We'd like to see something closer to an original than to, you know, kind of poke fun or, you know, that wink at the camera thing or, you know, that kind of thing. They want to see it played straight. So that's what I'm going to do. And uh, and I agree with them. I would like to see that. You know, it's going to be visually there. And again, because my background's visual part, so it's really important for me to make sure that the production design's going to look, you know, really good. I'm influenced a lot like by Batman, the original 1960s television show, which I just love. And I just love the, the set designs <laughs> look on that. I love the characters. Uh-huh. 
So that's kind of like the kind of the look that it might have. I mean, it's, it's going to almost have a little bit of that, you know, comic book quality to it. Then there'll be some saturated colors in the background. And there's going to be a lot of nice cars in it. So we're going to have a lot of muscle cars, uh, that kind of thing going. There's going to be a lot of girls in it, hopefully. <laughs> we'll see what we can get. But I just wanted to make sure the story was there. That's the most important thing to me. I made sure that, that I had a really solid script and I'm very comfortable with it. I've had a lot of friends read this, uh, a lot of professional script writers have read this. They said it looks pretty solid, so I'm pretty comfortable with it. It took me a long time to write it. Uh, I spent a lot of uh, a lot of hard work doing this. I'm pretty comfortable with, with the script. I think it's pretty solid. So I know from there I can just have fun with it. I have to think about, you know, oh, is this going to work? Is that, you know, you know, until you get on the set, you get on the set, a lot of things change. You know, actors improvise, they they add lines, and, and those are great. And I, I like to do that. And I like the actors to kind of bring in their own take on it. You know, they they bring the characters to life. As a matter of fact, actually, when I had one of the guys who plays the old man in his old Chester. He actually goes fishing and he, he gets killed by the monster, but he's a real character now. When I wrote that, the lines to me seemed okay, but when he came here to do, do the audition, he brought that character to life. It was just amazing, and that's the exciting because everybody, when you make a film, everybody brings something new to it. It really is a team effort. A lot of people give advice, and they, they give you new takes on it, and, and, and they really shape it. So you have the movie that you write, and then you have the movie that you actually produce, and then you have the movie that you cut. So it's like three different movies. With all that input of everybody, you end up with something different than you really kind of envision. But I do enjoy that excitement. of, And like I said, I work on a lot of sets with a lot of people around here, and I see it happen all the time. You know, people write things, and the actors come in, and they create something new out of it. They add new dialogue, and it really works. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to be on the set and watch you know, watch it develop and think, oh, wait a minute, let me do it this way. Oh, this is a better idea, you know? Because you just sit there in front of a computer, you're imagining this stuff in your head, you're sort of like a madman, you know, because you're actually saying the dialogue like the character, you know, <laughs> watching you, because you're, you're, you're repeating the lines of the character, because you're trying to really see it happen before you. <laughs> when you do approach other people about getting involved in the movie or helping you out, or when you're talking casting or crew, do you lead with, it's a remake, or do you lead with, here's the script, read it, and then you tell them later? Oh, no, I let them know, because I want them to know what the feel of the movie's like. I want them to know what the tone of the film is like. Some of them have okay. never seen a, a, a horror film. Uh, I mean, from the 60s, or they've never seen a big picture. You know, some of these actors, you know, and some of them are young, too. They, they've never seen these. They've only, you know... That's no excuse. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But, so, but I make them watch it. You know, I said, no, you you got to see this. You know, I want you, before you read the script, you need to see the film. And then once you see the film, I'll have, you know, read the script. And then you, something you want to get involved with, something you'd be interested in. And yeah, some of them do, and, and some of them are some of them are really actually some of them are more knowledgeable than I am, you know, which is amazing. But they, oh, wow, you know, they actually know a lot about this. How many times have you watched Night Fright since you started this whole process? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> gosh, you know, I would have to say uh, maybe twenty times, maybe around there. Oh, wow. times I think I've watched it. And it's funny because I, I see different things every time I watch it, you know. It's so funny because at the beginning of the movie, she calls him Chris Johnson. And then later as the movie goes on, it's Chris Jordan. So it's like his name changes to the movie. And, and just a lot of other funny things that sort of happen that just sort of crack you up. But yeah, I've seen it probably about that many times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely excited for it. I like John Agar quite a bit. Anybody who listens to Monster Kid Radio knows that I call John Agar one of the patron saints of what we do here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Huge fan. Yeah, and it I sounds know. like you're, you're really going to honor what he's done. Absolutely, yeah. He is. I mean, you know, with that John Agar rules, you know, the dead Elvis, you know, that one. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I do. I like, I mean, I like, I love those movies. You know, like Curse of the Swamp Creature. And those movies are great. I mean, they're just fun to watch, you know. 
Uh, yeah, he did. He did a lot of this stuff. Like, like Tarantula, I just love him in that movie. Mm-hmm. Just, Revenge of the Creature is where I go. I always go to Revenge of the Creature first. For oh, me. really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I love. Cool. I love him in that. But Tarantula is right up there. Another Universal film. You, what are some other of your favorite Agar performances? Attack of the Puppet People was good. Oh yeah. You know? uh, and uh, I don't know what else he do. Oh yeah, Women uh, of the Prehistoric Planet. Oh, then he, of course, he was in that other. I think that was a Larry uh, Buchanan film. Oh, it's not really. So it was for television. It was remakes. You know, with Zantar, the thing from outer space. <laughs> Zantar, the thing from Venus. Yes, yes. That, with Larry Venus. Buchanan. Yeah. Yes, that. And I like Larry Buchanan stuff. They're pretty but, lean, pretty lean and mean movies. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're still fun to watch, you know. And, and those are oh, yeah. some of the things that I liked that he did as well. Well, I could, could probably talk your ear off about John Agar for another couple of hours. I'm not going to make you do that with me today, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know a little bit about him. I know a lot about him, and but I do like his films, uh-huh. and he is just a fantastic actor. I mean, when you see him in Night Fright, it's just amazing that he just his head and shoulders above everyone. He's so believable. He can make anything believable, whatever he's doing. It's just amazing. He's, he's really is really an amazing actor. Uh, everything sure. else just looks so bad. <laughs> we talked about him being an amazing actor. He's got a sincerity, and there's a sincerity to his performance in Night Fright. Specifically, he feels like he was meant to be in this small Texas town defending the town against this creature. Well, you're shooting your movie in Denver. Mm-hmm. Geographically, do you establish a difference between where Night Fright took place versus where your film's taking place? Is it tied into the Denver community or geography at all? It actually, it is only because it's not really going to be in the city of Denver. It'll be okay. on the outskirts, so it's going to be in the mountainous areas. It's just outside of the, I don't know if you're familiar with Colorado much, but the Boulder areas. Outside sure. of there, there's a Longmont, and we're going to be shooting probably there. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be in the city. From the city. It's going to feel like a small town. Okay. I have Salida, Colorado is another place, Colorado Springs, all these other places. They have the feel of being sort of in a mountainous region, but in a small town. So it's going to feel more like that. You, you won't even feel like you're in the city, really, at all. It, it's going to feel closer to what you saw in Ifrite. So, uh, okay. and that was the thing, and I and I had to think about what well, my resources. Even when I was developing this movie, I thought, well, what could I do? Because there are some movies you just can't do because the locations aren't going to work. But this one was pretty close, I think, because that one was shot in Texas, and this is not too far different. You know, it looks pretty close. So sure, that's what we did. I grew up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I'm familiar with, you know, um, the. the- yeah. You know, and that with that area, either there's there's Cheyenne, there's Fort Collins, there's Denver, yeah. and there's a lot of small spaces in between, <laughs> small towns right. in between. So, so you know that, yeah, you know the landscape very well. That's good, mm-hmm. yeah, because I know I, we'll probably might even be shooting in Fort Collins. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Uh, and again, we're looking for places where you can have more brush and, and rolling hills a little bit. And I think we're finding that in Salida. There's a little bit more of that over there than where I found, because some areas here in Colorado are flat. It almost looks like Kansas. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, I can, you know, how, what I'm going to do with that. Uh, you need, you know, places with a lot of trees and park where, you know, people can hide and, you know, monsters can hide and that kind of thing. It's kind of hard to do that when you have this flat desert. <laughs> I'm definitely excited. I mean, it sounds like you've got a great blueprint in front of you. You've already shot some footage. You've got some wonderful plans, some sculptures that I'm, I'm dying to see the rest of the creature now. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, we'll be shooting. Like I said, I'll be shooting this year, this spring, uh, just to try to get the first ten minutes. So we're gonna we're gonna shoot the. You know, we're, we'll have it by this year. By fall, I should have something, and that I might even be able to put up there to show the first ten minutes of the film. Awesome. That will be the thing that I will be taking around to kind of see if I can get investors, and I will give it till next year to see if I can get that. If I don't, then it's my own money. 
and I will finish it. I will get this thing finished, whatever whatever it takes, every weekend, whatever it is. So uh, it will get done. <laughs> but anyway, I will have the first 10 minutes done, shot by the end of this fall. I should have something cut for people to see. Uh, believe me, this is this is all I do, and this is what I want to do. So it will get done. <laughs> and, and I will self-distribute like I've always done before in the past. In the last documentary, so we self-distribute. Those will be available on DVDs, which I like because DVDs are, they give you so much, you know, behind the scenes, a lot of, extras in there and that's what people like to see or at least i do anyway oh yeah well i i know i want to see it i i'm eager to see it i, I wish i was closer so i could help out because i want to see it it sounds exciting it is it's, yeah it's, it, it has been fun and everyone that we've had on the set it's new to that some of these people you know they, they've never done a monster movie most of them act in dramas and they're just having fun you know they said oh this is fun you know <laughs> it's a different kind of a set it's a different genre and they enjoy it we just have a good time, and I, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing, and uh, hopefully the movie will reflect that, too. But in the meantime, what I have done, uh, just to, to let you know this as well, is that yeah. I'm, I don't want to wait two years for a movie to be made. I'm working with another guy. We're actually writing another movie. Oh, wow. It's actually a horror comedy. There's no title yet to it. This one will be all done indoors so that we can shoot all year round, and that's more doable because this one I can only shoot when the weather is actually cooperative and a certain season. But this one sure. is going to all be done indoors. I can't reveal the subject, but it, it, for me, it's really exciting because no one, to my surprise, no one has ever touched this area of horror before. So I want to wait till we actually have it done. That's <laughs> revealed because I don't want anybody else taking the same idea. <laughs> so I'm really excited about it. And uh, we're working on that right now. We're actually scripting it. But I, I've actually commissioned someone to write it for me. His name is Tim Johnson. I'm very comfortable working with him. And so it's something we'll probably even get started this year. Right on. I mean, I definitely want to you know, have you keep in touch with us and have you back on the show okay. as we see or as you see more progress with the Cosmic Creature or your future projects. We'd love to have you back to talk about that as well. Sure. And if there's anything that we can do to help spread the word about what's happening with the Cosmic Creature, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and let us know. We'd love to help. Sure. Well, thank you. a little bit of the music from the public domain film Night Fright. I cannot wait to see this finished product. I think Dennis Vincent has something super exciting in mind. If you are not as enthused as I am after hearing that interview, well, you got to go back and listen to it again because it's just going to be a lot of fun. Like I told him, if I was anywhere in the area, I'd be the guy on set hanging out, wanting to help out the cosmic creature. Looking forward to adding that to my movie collection. And I know there are some people out there who are looking forward to adding a movie called Argo Man, the Fantastic Superman, to their movie collection. We are going to announce the winner of the Argo Man DVD contest. Again, this was sponsored by Dorado Films. You can find out about them over at Dorado Films. We announced the contest last week when we had the interview with Argo Man himself, Roger Brown. Go back and listen to that. Even if you didn't enter the contest, even though it's too late to enter the contest, if you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. He's got some fascinating stories about how he got involved in the Italian film business. And I'm looking forward to having him back on the show down the line again to talk maybe about some of his sword and sandal films. But for now, let's talk about Argo Man, or let's specifically talk about who's going to win. I took all the entries, and I drew a name at random. The winner is Don Falcos. Don, I'm going to drop you a line, make sure that I've got the right mailing address, and I'll get this DVD in the mail to you ASAP. 
Thanks to everybody who entered the contest. I wish I had copies of the DVD to give to every one of you. Stay tuned for future contests here at Monster Kid Radio down the line. Also look forward to the next Monster Kid Radio crash event at the Hollywood Theater. It's happening on March 20th when we're going to go see Santo and Blue Demon versus the Monsters. It's the final film in the Cinescopio series over at the Hollywood Theater. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be the guy in the Hawaiian shirt, so if you're going to be there, And as always, I'll have my recorder, so I might even put you on the show. Coming up next week, it looks like we're going to have Joe Blevins on the show to talk about Ed Wood. He's the guy behind the website d2rights.blogspot.com, and he's been doing a series called Ed Wood Wednesdays. I've been reading the series. I'm loving the series. He's put a lot of work and research into just telling us all about Ed Wood, not just some monster movies. But everything about Edward's career, and we're going to have him on the show next week to talk about Edward's career, talk about some of the monster movies and some other movies that maybe a lot of monster kids don't know about, but would still dig. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the song Santa Cruz Stomp. That belongs to the beloved invaders. It appears on their album Tamarindo and is on this episode of Monster Kid Radio with their permission. You can find out more about them over at thebelovedinvaders.com. Talk to you next week. (laughs) 